Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. And tonight, today, I am reviewing two novels from Stephen King. As always, you can find all of the shows along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is Salcedo Paranormal dot podbean dot com that's s-a-l-s-i-d-o paranormal dot podbean dot com always happy to hear from you all whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences whether they're your own or from others that you trust happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them and um so of course this is the uh, last show of the week until this weekend, so um, and then we'll be back to uh, the usual alternating true stories and then paranormal news shows. Um, so I have two novels I'll be reviewing tonight, talking about the basic plot and then the um, paranormal aspects of those stories. And um, there will be spoilers, but also I will not, obviously I will not be able to go over all the details in each of the stories, so I would still recommend reading them, and um, just to get the, everything, all the um, details and minor plots of the, subplots of the stories uh, for yourselves, so. Um, so I have two stories picked out, and let me get to the first one here. The title of this one, these are two novels by Stephen King. Um, this first one here is called From a Buick 8, and, um, so this novel is, uh, basically a, almost like a collection of, um, memories, stories and memories from the characters in the story who are part of a, a, a troop of, um, Pennsylvania State Police Troopers, group of those these uh, troopers in Western Pennsylvania. So, um, the story starts out with the um, basically the the, the uh, accidental death of one of their members, a Curtis Wilcox, um, and after this happens. His son, Ned, starts to visit the station. Um, and the, the other cops and the dispatcher and the custodian uh, start to get to know him and start to, to um, talk with him more. And, um, and he finds, he notices this one shed or garage on the station property that has a car in it. Um, this Buick. So, um, it, the, this, uh, vehicle looks like a, um, late 1953 Buick Roadmaster. And it's been in, this, in storage in a shed near the barracks since 1979. Um, it was left at a nearby gas station by a driver who then disappeared after walking away without a trace. And when the the troopers investigate it, they find that it's not an actual car at all. 
It just appears to be one. Even though they have no idea how it was able to uh, pull into this gas station. It says that the, um, the steering wheel won't move. The dashboard instruments are useless props. Basically, they, they're just stuck on there. The engine isn't even really an engine. The ignition wires uh, don't go anywhere. There's four portholes on the passenger side, but only three on the driver's side. And also, um, the, uh, the car, when it is damaged, it will somehow appear to heal itself. And it also somehow never gets dirty. Dirt, nothing sticks to it. So, um, so anyway, Ned sees this car in this shed and wants to know more about it. So, um, one of the characters, uh, Sandy, the name is Sandy, he's a sergeant commanding, uh, sergeant commanding of the, the troop, basically, uh, is the main, the, the one that reads, that narrates most of the book and tells the story, uh, basically tells the whole story of the this this object to Ned. Um and uh he talks with uh he basically describes several things that happened in and around this 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 uh car um with uh to the station members and also to Ned's father who was fascinated with it. Um says that um one of the things that he tells Ned is that the car will um, frequently give off what they call light quakes or large flashes of purple light over a long period of time. And sometimes these lights, from these lights, things will come out of them. They'll appear out of, out of these lights, sort of like a, like it's a portal somehow. Um, they could, they ranged from strange plants to creatures that don't appear to be anything that exists on Earth. Um, and also in the story, Ned learns that two people have disappeared in or near the car. Um, one was Curtis, basically Ned's father's former partner, uh, Ennis Rafferty as well as an escaped uh, criminal named Brian Lippy, And, uh, of course, it's later suggested that the, this, um, this, this object that looks like a car is some kind of a connection between um, Earth and some other world. Um, and so, basically, all, over all these years... The members of the station have been keeping this object here sort of in a way to keep it from falling into the wrong hands or to, from um, hurting anyone else is a big part of why they keep it. And, um, and this, this part right here makes me wonder about, about um, sort of the real-world implications of that idea. I wonder how many items there are um that uh that will basically 
be kept hidden by groups of people, either in law enforcement or are associated, um, where they are they are mysterious and they maybe even are possibly dangerous that people keep hidden from everyone else just to, for safety reasons. Um, especially in cases where these objects seem to be, again, just dangerous. So, um, this story made me wonder about that. Um, so after hearing about all these, these strange appearances of these creatures, which do not belong in, on Earth, and plants, and just all this light, um, this light that appears and disappears, uh, of course, Ned is, starts to develop this idea that somehow this, this object has a strange energy that can extend beyond the, the barracks and is somehow related to the death of his father. Um, and so, mentions that um, the gas station attendant who first reported the the um the car sitting in front of the the station was the same guy who's who years later was the one that killed his father basically in this car uh accident so but Sandy sort of tries to convince Ned that this is probably not the case and tries to keep him from obsessing over this this car um but uh and then, of course, the, the, this is a sort of this is conversation takes place all in one time, but it's just flashbacks. Really, it's a series of flashbacks, of course, memories from different people in the station that stop by and give their piece of the story. Um, and so, at one point, Sandy leaves the station. Um, basically, he's going, getting off of work, going to eat at the local restaurant, and. Uh, as he's sitting there eating at this restaurant, he realizes that Ned never asked, uh, um, uh, never asked about the possibility of destroying the car, and he starts to to get this uh, fear that Ned is determined to try to destroy it, and this somehow this object is sentient and is almost controlling him to try to do that. To, to make this attempt. So it almost has this sort of weird mental pull or control over people, or at least it can. And so, um, and so he, it wants Ned to sort of make a bigger mess out of the situation. So Sandy returns to the station as fast as he can, and when he gets there, he finds Ned sitting inside the car. And Ned turns out and poured, poured gasoline under the car. And when he's sitting in the car, he has um, a pistol and a match. And so, just as as Ned pull, I mean, just as Sandy pulls Ned out, the Buick opens up this portal, and it tries to draw the, both of them in into it, into the portal. And of course, everyone else in the station starts getting this bad feeling. And they show up, and they they save uh, Sandy and Ned from this thing. And um, 
And so they um they get them free, but Sandy manages to see into this this other world, this portal, and finds objects that he recognizes as belonging to Ennis, the 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 um, trooper, and then um, Brian Lippy, the the criminal. Basically, objects they recognize as as belonging to them in the portal in the other world. So, um, basically, the the Sandy and everyone tells Ned that they talked about destroying the car, but they had this idea that this um, and really it's not even a car, but they just keep saying car because it's easiest to to think of it that way. It seems to be. They think it's a some kind of a, a regulator or like a valve or a connection between the two worlds, and that destroying it could could do more harm than good. So they decide that it's best to just watch over it, hoping that um, whatever is in control of it will eventually fade away and expire. So. Um, over time, the story kind of uh, moves on. Time goes on in the story, and eventually Ned does become a state trooper. And, um, and of course, after this whole uh, thing with uh, nearly being taken by the, the object, um, he agrees with all the other op- the troopers there that it's just best to leave, it, leave this thing there. And, um, but apparently, in this whole last event that happened a crack appeared on the windshield um, that wasn't there before and normally those things would heal but at the end of the story it hadn't and so the um, Ned and other other people at the station sort of take that as maybe a sign that eventually um, this this thing will uh, will eventually fall apart, basically, and lose whatever power it has. And then they'll be able to get rid of it or just be done with it. So it's a really amazing story just about people trying to deal with something that they have no idea really what it is. Um, and they're just trying to manage it as well as they can. Uh, there's other little little things, little details, that, of, of course, events paranormal phenomena that happened around it and around it um and it's it's a great story as well so definitely recommend everyone check it out uh for yourselves um so let's see here looking at the chat hello everyone i see you all there thank you for being here and listening and um i'll have to check that out later on thank you uh jen uh jen put a link to um footage of an orange glowing orb spotted recently. I'll definitely check that out later. Um, so yeah, and, and that's the thing. It makes light. The subject in the story makes light somehow. Or light comes from it. So, um, and yet, it looks like a car, but nothing is actually functional as it be, uh, for it to be a car. Even though the gas station attendant in the beginning of the story did see it sort of roll up, or appear to roll up to the gas station. Of course, this was back years ago when people actually did um, help out with the 
the get the, getting the gas and everything. So, um, yeah, an amazing story, and and it makes made me wonder about if this could happen or similar things like this could happen uh, in the real world and what people would do with something like that and and um, and and how that would go. So, or if it would even happen like that. I could see, if, if anything happened like that in the real world, I could see some, um, I mean, any number of government agencies, once they find out, stepping in and and um, taking the thing, taking it to study it more and try to exploit it. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's that first story. I wanted to uh, to review today. Funny enough, both of these stories in their own way, in different ways, are about portals. Um, so the second novel here I want to talk about is... It was turned into a TV show, I believe, but I don't know as much about the TV show as I do the novel. Um, I read the novel years ago, listened to it. Um, and that is, of course, eleven twenty-two sixty-three. And this is a time travel story, in a way. Time travel, but also sort of an alternate parallel universe story as well, which is makes it amazing. Um, so let me get to the... Okay. So the story starts out with um, a guy named Jake Epping, who is a recently divorced high school uh English teacher in Lisbon Falls, Maine, uh, who starts earning extra money teaching a um, general education diploma class. So basically, I believe it's like night school. Um, They're different, basically adult education. And um, Epping gives an assignment to his, his students, asking them to write about a day that changed their lives. And one of the students... Uh, who is a, a janitor with learning, uh, basically it says learning impaired, a janitor named Harry Dunning uh, sends an assignment describing um, this whole, basically his family history where, his, and again this is of course horror and paranormal here, basically a horror story. Um, so this is one of those more the story has some more violent parts to it here. Um, but in this this uh, assignment, this guy uh, described the night that um, his father uh, murdered his mother and siblings. And the story, of course, gets to Epic, uh, gets to Jake, and the two become friends after Harry... Um, Dunning earns his GED. So, two years later, um, Jake is is uh, called by another friend, uh, Al Templeton, who owns a local diner, and um, basically he wants to meet. The two want to meet. Um, and Jake arrives at the diner and finds that um, Al has basically is going to pass away. Uh, he has terminal, um, basically he's, has terminal lung cancer, 
uh, despite um, appearing uh, per- perfectly healthy the night before. So apparently this is another one of his students, I'm guessing here. I can't remember now. But um, so basically he, ap- he appeared healthy the day before, but um, was uh, sick the next. And so um, Jake is trying to figure out how this could happen. And Al asks him to step into the back of the diner's pantry. So um, Jake does and finds a um, staircase. And it leads out of the building and into another street. But it's a street that is um, basically back several years. He's ba- He's gone back in time through this portal somehow. And it's September 9th, 1958. And so Jake explores the area, um, the town, basically, as it was in 1958. And, and then he returns. He, he is freaked out and he returns back through that portal to 2011, which is when it was in the story, when it started. And finds out from Ale that the portal somehow leads to the same moment of the same day every time it's used and that a um uh, whoever uses the portal whenever they come back they'll always um return within like two minutes time so but they still experience time back in the past um normally in other words it still flows so they can spend how many every years they want back in 1958 and then come back through the portal and it's only a couple minutes later in the present. And this is how apparently Al has um, has, has basically become so much older and, and, um, and then not well. And um, so Al tells Jake that he had, um, he was trying to figure out what to do with this portal that was in the back of his restaurant. And what he decided he wanted to do was, of course, prevent the assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy, JFK, hoping that doing that would um, stop a lot of what happened after that, the Vietnam War, and changed history for the better. So, it says that um, L spent four years in the past after entering the um, the portal and went to Dallas, Texas to track down who he thought was the killer, which was Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, I don't know enough about the whole <laughs> conspiracy to to say, you know, if he was, if he had the right idea or not, that's not my expertise in any way. But um, um, so Al planned on going back and killing Oswald to stop the assassination. Um, and so, but when he was unable to do that, and um, he wanted to basically go and witness everything, and then come back to the portal, and then go back and actually stop the event. 
but because of his his being ill, he couldn't continue his mission that he had basically given himself. And so he wants to have Jake go back to do this. So already you have this situation here with this portal and this guy that's trying to figure out the best way to use it but runs out of time for himself and is trying to get Jake to, to do this to, to go and do back in time and and hopefully change history for the better. Um of course anyone that has seen any other any kind of or read any kind of stories about time travel, usually in not in fiction, things don't really go the way you want, even if you do manage to change things in the past. So um but getting back to the story here, um, I think we're gonna go along today. That's fine. Um, so let me see. I lost my spot. So all right, there we go. Uh, it says that um, so Jake does go back in time again. Uh, he goes back to 1958, and what he tries to do, he wants to do to see if this will work, is he remembers his friend Harry, and and he wants to go back and save him, save them. Um, and so he goes back to um, get manages to get get back to Derry, Maine, where Harry's family lived. And um, now, of course, anyone that reads King will know Derry is where a lot of his stories, including it, take place. And even when he gets here, gets to this town, he doesn't like it. So, but he's able to find, Jake is able to find Harry's, um, Harry's father, uh, Frank Dunning. And, and track, um, Frank's movements. And he goes ahead trying to save the family. Um, and he manages to get involved, or to, Inter- interrupt the whole murder and um and stop uh Frank from killing the the wife and the, and um and one of the kids but is still not able to save everyone and so Jake comes back goes back to the portal comes back to the present hoping that he improved Harry's life and and somehow by changing the, the course of history, it led to Harry having passed away years before in Vietnam in the war there. So this is already sort of a this trip, this um this portal has already had unintended side effects or un, un, unintended events or changes basically has caused changes to happen in in the, the the present which makes you wonder or at least makes you wonder if if um when the return trip through the portal if you really do if, if the characters really do end up back in exactly the same place as they left or if it's just a similar place so um that's a 
question I remember having when I read that. Um, so, the, and of course, eventually, Al does die. It's still really um, just devastated by what happened. And, um, and Jake goes back to the portal. And um, he finds Frank. <laughs> and of course, this is once you go back to that portal, back to 1958, you go back to the day, the same day every time. So once he goes back to the portal, at that point, Frank Dunning hasn't killed anyone yet. So, so Jake ends up killing Frank so that Frank can't kill anyone else. And, um, so, let's see here. There's other details here. Jake does, um, uh, make one other change in the past and, uh, saves the life of another, another, another kid back in that time. And so Jake decides after that to take on the, the main mission. And so he travels to Texas to wait for Oswald to arrive. So at this point, he's basically back in this time in um, waiting for history to sort of start to unfold as it was, as it did back then, supposedly. And um, so he becomes a uh, he basically basically sets up a new life there and becomes a full-time English teacher at a local school. And he, um, he, he basically starts to just uh, start that life there. And he has a positive effect on the students there at the school and respect them in the town. Now, this is close to where... Oswald is supposed to enter the U.S. Apparently, um, and at the there's a wedding reception at the at the school. At the um, it's for the school's librarian. Um, let me see here. Jake meets someone named Sadie Dunhill, who is the new librarian, and um, soon after that. Um, the old librarian passes, and Jake and Sadie are uh, asked to arrange a memorial assembly. assembly. And, of course, they, they become closer uh, because of this. And so then, well, of course, in, as these stories will go, the two fall in love and start a relationship, even though <laughs> Jake is technically not from that time period. So, um... Of course, after they become um, closer, Sadie reveals that her ex-husband had um, basically, uh, let me see here, um, had an ex-husband, and so, um, so basically, just learn. Jake learns about her past. Meanwhile, of course, John is still there for that one mission. And so he starts keeping an eye on Oswald and his family and rents properties close to them 
and even manages to install microphones in their apartment. So eventually, he um, meets Oswald's wife, Marina. And um, so Jake starts learning more about um, Lee Harvey Oswald through her. So just um, there's a lot here. This is a very long story here, really. But as the day of the assassination gets closer, Jake um, gambles on a boxing match and wins and gets the attention attention of some local business people. And um, let's see here. So he starts becoming more and more involved with local figures. And um, they... they uh, when he wins this this uh, gambling, um, he gamb- basically he wins this. Um, <laughs> I can't talk. He gets money from winning this um, on this gambling bet. Um, these business people that are in charge of the whole boxing thing, um, they end up beating uh, Jake up, and as a result, he loses his memories of Oswald. And spends weeks in the hospital. Of course, after this happens, he realizes that he um, he has um, he's going to miss the the whole thing if he's not careful. And so he manages to retrieve this notebook that Al gave him with information that is is of Al's own time they're back in the past and um he manages to slip away from everyone including uh Sadie who is he's drawn close to and but Sadie still goes after him and um along the way they uh they basically end up in several accidents and what happens is Jake figures out this is the past trying to stop them from changing the future. And so, of course, in the story, Oswald does try to, is going to try to shoot Kennedy, and Jake stops him. And, um, but of course, in this whole as everyone is gathering around Oswald and Jake and Sadie are there, he ends up turning before he passes and shooting and killing Sadie. So, um, of course, Jake is regarded as a hero by everyone there. He actually meets the Kennedys. No one suspects him of any kind of wrongdoing. But, um... The the uh, basically various agents from the government think that um, that there's something still weird about him being there, and they tell him he should probably leave. And so Jake does go back, and he goes back to the present. Or, well, no, I'm sorry. He goes back to the portal to go back to the present. And he, um, but near this this portal. 
he finds a guy standing nearby um, who gives off this odd feeling. And, um, and he, this guy tells Jake to go back to 2011 and see what he has done. And so Jake go, does go back to the portal and finds that um, history has been changed again, but this time in a much greater degree and to the point where Earth has become a nuclear wasteland. And there's been, there are frequent natural disasters occurring. And, um, but Harry Dunning is alive because he was saved. And he finds out that there's been several events that happened, but not in the way that Jake remembers from his, again, I think it's his own original universe. I really don't think that when he goes back and forth, he's actually going back to his own actual universe. And um, so basically, just everything that could go wrong did go wrong, even though uh, Jake managed to save Kennedy. Um, And so uh, Jake goes back through the portal again. And stays in um, in the past, and is trying to figure out what to do. So, and of course now back in this past, Sadie is ba- is alive still because everything reverts once he goes through that portal back to the way it was. And um, so, and in doing that. He he um, does eventually return to his own time and finds that it's normal again. And he moves out of the town, out of Lisbon Falls, and finds out that Sadie is being um, recognized as a citizen of the century in the town where she was at when he met her. And there's a party being held. And of course, in this time, at this time, at point in time, she's in her eighties. And um, so, and she spent all her time, all her years, doing charity work and being basically just doing good in, in her local community. And uh, she, but of course, she doesn't know who he is. And um, so, yeah, there's. Um, there's a that that's basically where the story ends um and uh it really is an amazing story uh, i'm just i've just given the um believe it or not a short summary here of the the story um but uh obviously there's a lot more to it but that whole portal that whole connection between two one point in time what I wonder is, was he was Jake going back to the same world every time? Same, no matter which side of the portal he he used, which way he went. I wonder about that. Um, did things really change? Get changed, or did he just somehow 
was he somehow just traveling between different universes and ended up in one that was very much like the one he started from. So, hard to say. Um, but, that's, uh, that's basically all I have to say about that book. So, um, that's, I think where I'm going to end it today. That's all I have for, to go over. Um, maybe next time I will pick, um, three books so we can fill this out a little more, but we'll see. Um, and, uh, I'll be back on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, we're not depending on where you're at with um, True Paranormal Stories from the Web on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.